A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. In his homily for the fifth Sunday of Easter, Father takes a deep look at what it means to say, offer it up. Final part of the Gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, you will do greater works than me. You will do the works that I do and even greater works than me. It's a powerful line, basically, he was talking to us and saying the works that we do in our life will actually be as great as the works we do, greater than the works that Christ did when he was alive. It seems kind of strange because Jesus like did everything, right? So how can we do works as great as God? By living the life as great as God. And Jesus was that example of that life. But what exactly was so great about his life? What did he do that was so pleasing to God? Well, his entire life was an offering to God. A sacrificial offering pleasing to his Father. We are called to also enter into that same offering itself as sacrifices pleasing to the Father. We know that because the second reading today, St. Peter says to the church, you are a chosen race, a priestly people, a holy nation. Think about that, what exactly does that mean? How many times do we actually think about the fact that those words that St. Peter says to the early church is the same words that he speaks to us today? If he was here before you, not only would you be all excited to have St. Peter giving you the homily, not Father Thomas, but you, his words should actually penetrate your hearts because he would say the same thing. You are a chosen race. You are a priestly people. You are a holy nation. And sometimes we fail to understand what exactly does that mean? To be a priestly people, a holy nation. What does it mean to be holy? You're going to say, oh, it means to do good things. No, that's not what holiness means. Holiness actually means to be set apart for God. Means you have been set apart for God. You have been chosen before the world began. God chose you to be what? Holy and blameless in the sight. He chose you to be a people different from the rest of the world. Well, how do we be different? By becoming an offering. Well, how do you do that? Well, I'm guessing every one of us, when we were kids, especially if you grew up in a Catholic household, everyone who's a Catholic kid knows this line. As a kid, you run around and you do something like you stub your toe, you hit your knee, you bang your head, and you run and you're crying to your mom and your dad, you go, oh, and you're crying, you know, what's, what's the first thing they used to say other than shut up? Well, that was in my house. Okay, what's the next thing they normally tend to say? Offer it up. Right? How many of you heard that when you're in pain? Offer it up. 
Okay, let's face it, anyone who grew up in a Catholic household, you've all heard it, whether you raise your hand or not. It's what parents say. Offer it up. As a kid, you're like, I don't even know what the heck you're talking about. You go off and start crying again. You went off and say, my parents weren't much help. What does it mean to offer up our suffering? What does it mean to offer up anything? Have you ever thought about that? If somebody were to ask you, how do you offer up your suffering? What would you tell them? You give it to God, right? So you and your suffering are going to give to God something that's not going to feel good. And we're supposed to think that's supposed to be pleasing to God. What does it mean? What does it mean to offer up our suffering? Have you ever, ever thought about that? Probably not. This is something our parents say to you to tell your mom or your dad, I don't know how to do that. Can you please explain it to me? They'd probably say, shut up and go talk to the priest, or else you're going to have more stuff to have to offer up. But it's something that we're expected to do as a priestly people. We have to recognize what our role is as a priestly people. So let me go back and explain what does it mean to be a priestly people. Well, a priest has two primary functions. Does anyone know what they are? Probably not, that's why you have a priest to tell you what they are. And it is not to give you 26-minute homilies to irritate you. The primary purpose of a priest is not to preach, So to tell you what to do is to offer sacrifice. One. The second identity of a priest is to pray for his people. That's what it means to be priestly. To offer sacrifice and to pray for people. To intercede for them. To ask God's help for others. Now we all kind of know how to do that second part, right? Everyone always prays for somebody else. So we've got that part of it pretty good, but the offering part we're not so good at. Because most of us don't even think about what does it mean to be a people that are called to offer sacrifice. Well now we need to ask ourselves, what is a sacrifice, right? We have all these words that we use all the time, and we probably have actually no idea what they even mean. What is a sacrifice? Say, Father, it is like 9.48 in the morning time to shut up. Okay. A sacrifice is offering up, giving up of something that you actually consider important or you want to hold on to. A sacrifice is giving up of something that you do not want to let go of. It's not a sacrifice if you don't want it. Giving up old tennis shoes that you've had for 78 years that have holes in them is not a sacrifice. Giving up the new shoes you bought yesterday that you've really been looking forward to for four years, that's a sacrifice. So sacrifice, first of all, requires us to give up something that we think is significant, has value, important, whatever. So that's one thing. But now the question is, what does it mean to offer something? Well, that's just to be obvious, right? We give it up. An offering means we give it up. So we give up something that we hold dear or important. That's what it means to be a priestly people. So they say, offer up your suffering. How many of us like our suffering? Okay, I've got the right answer for that one. Whether you're going to raise your hand or not. No, you don't like our suffering. That's why it's called suffering. We don't like it. The very definition of suffering is that which we do not like. We don't want it. It causes us distress. So we talk about offering up our suffering, we should be asking, what exactly are we giving up that we're holding dear? You ever think about it? I mean, honestly, this is a valid question. Think, you know, when you go home, what do you do when you offer up your suffering? 
Just imagine that God didn't exist. And in your suffering, you're not offering it up. What's different? What's different in your suffering without God than when God is being offered up to God? What's the answer to that? What's the prayer? She said prayers, which is a good answer, but what's the prayer? God takes away my suffering, you see, right? So God, am I offering to you in suffering? I'm asking you to take away my suffering. Which case now you no longer have anything to offer up to God. And truth is, you're not offering God your suffering itself. Jesus didn't offer up his suffering to the Father. What did he offer up? That which the suffering takes away. We offer up that which suffering tends to cause within us that we should let go of. When we're suffering, what do we tend to be? Irritable, angry, frustrated, impatient. How many of us respond to others the same way when we're suffering as we do when we're not suffering? Anybody? No, right? Because when you're in the midst of suffering, the response tends to be one of short-temperedness, revenge, irritability. When somebody smacks you in the mouth, our first response doesn't tend to be, oh, have a beautiful day. Because we haven't yet understood what it means to offer up things to God. So to offer up suffering, to be as priestly people, we offer up that which we want to hold on to. We want to hold on to our anger, our irritation, our frustration, our impatience. When we're suffering, we have these things within us that we should be letting go of and basically destroying. Because in a sacrifice, something is always destroyed. It's not a sacrifice if it's eliminated from our ability to take it back. So we destroy, essentially, our will. So, getting down to the basic nuts and bolts of what it means to be a priestly people, means you put to death your will as an offering to God. That's what it means to be a priest. That's the essence of what an offering is all about. It's destroying that which we want to hold on to so we can hold on to something greater. And that's such an important thing to realize because when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what he's saying is, heaven is not accessible until you live a life like I live. And how did Jesus live his life, as I said? A life of complete sacrificial offering. Everything Jesus did was for the Father. He gave up his comfort. He gave up his freedom. He gave up pleasure. He even gave up the love of his father when he was on the cross. When he took upon sin, he actually blocked his father's love from entering into him. He experienced nothing but hatred, darkness, and evil. He gave up that which he longed to hold on to more than anything because he is the ultimate. And as a Christian people, we need to recognize the call to do the same thing. And it's not something that God says you have a right to even think about. He says, you have been chosen. I think you just beat this into your head if I have to use a club. We have been chosen by Jesus Christ himself to be a people that offer ourselves in sacrifice as an example to the world. You did not choose yourself. God chose you. You can't back out of it. 
So we need to understand if God chose us, how do we live that life as a holy people, as a chosen race, as a priest? By stopping this idea that we get our way. Everything that is unpleasing to God, we need to learn to destroy it. Have you ever asked yourself why God demanded animal sacrifice in the Old Testament? Another one of those questions. Like, shut up the quizzes, Father, for God's sake. Part of our history. We should know these things. Why did God demand animal sacrifice? Why kill something when He's the God of the living? Well, there's two reasons, and one of them I won't get into, but it has to do with covenant promises. But the second one is because the animals represented that which they wanted to hold on to. Animals back then for the people of the Old Testament was their comfort, it was their life, it was their bank account. That's what they used for food. That's what they used for clothing. That's what they used for security. So God says, sacrifice these things which you hold on to that are important to you and kill it so that you can't take it back. So the question is, what are we holding on to that we don't want to give up? Is it material wealth? Is it power? Is it comfort? Is it pleasure? Is it our anger? Our prejudice? Our pride? We hold on to good things, we hold on to bad things. But if you're holding on to anything or refuse to give it up for the sake of God's glory, you're not being a priestly people. And I'm going to remind you again, and again, and again, it's not an option. God handpicked you. He called you, each of you, by name at your conception. He named you in the womb and said, I have chosen you to be a chosen race, a holy nation of priestly people. Your life has to be sacrificed for me. That is the way of Christ. It reminds us that until we live that way, we don't have access to the Father. And if you don't have access to the Father, guess what? The heavenly realm is not yours. We need to also recognize the beauty of what it means to be a priest of people. Because the more we empty ourselves of that which we hold on to, the more we open ourselves up to that which God wants to give us. It's not about negative. We're not a negative religion. Everyone thinks that Catholics are just downers. Oh, you're all about suffering, you're all about the cross, you're all about this, and fasting, and giving up, man, and man. No, we, we stress that because of what it brings to us. I've asked this before, and I didn't get an answer, I'm not going to get an answer now. Do you know who the happiest people are in the history of the world? Honest fact. But lightning strikes me dead right now. I'm kind of neat, but lightning hit me. You're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Anyways, but lightning strikes me right now in the hand of the happiest people throughout the history of the world have always been the people that were willing to give up the most. Absolute fact. The most miserable people are those that refuse to give up anything. Satan is the classic example. He refuses to be sacrificed and he's miserable. So it's not about offering ourselves that we can be suffering, but offering ourselves so that we can be like Christ. Christ didn't want to suffer either, but through his suffering, by giving up his comfort, he received the greatest comfort. By giving up his joy, he received the greatest joy. By giving up his life, he received the greatest life. And it 
realize that being appreciative people is not a negative but a positive, we're never going to want to be that people. And if we're not going to be the people that God chose, who is? Who's going to be the example to the world of what God's love is all about if it's not us? We are that people to give up the things of the world, to have something so much greater, to show the world that the sacrifice is not a bad thing. The giving up the things of the world is not something that takes away from our life, but actually builds our life. The giving up the comforts of the world does not diminish our happiness, but actually is the path to our happiness. And until we get that straight, we're going to be a miserable bunch of Catholics. And God doesn't want miserable people. He wants happy, joyful people. But that happiness and joy only come if we follow the way, the truth, and the life of Christ. We've got to get over this mentality that our life is the station of the cross continuously. What a bummer. I'm going to carry my cross. Oh my gosh, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to deal with that. I mean, if that's your whole attitude, it's no wonder that we don't follow in that. It's no wonder that we're no better than the Israelites and not showing the what God's love is about. It's no wonder that we're constantly, blah, not complaining, because we haven't quite seen the beauty of what it means to be a priest. We've been chosen to be great in the eyes of God, and He wants that greatness to continue for eternity. But until we learn what it means to be a sacrifice, we're never going to get there. I'm not yelling at you because it makes me feel good. I'm yelling at you because I want you to experience the beauty of what Peter wanted you to experience. That eternal life in Christ is so powerful that you would do anything for it. Peter, the little coward who took stand up from the serving girl, chose to be crucified upside down and glorified in that moment. Because he learned what it meant to be a priest. He learned what it meant to be a sacrifice, to give up that which we wanted to hold on to for the sake of God, and he entered into God's glory. That is us, folks. That's us. The world doesn't understand sacrifice. That's why the world's a mess. We've been chosen to show a better way. We have been chosen to show them the way of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the life of Jesus. Until we become that people, the world's going to continue to be a mess. We can fix it. All you have to do is offer yourself as a sacrifice.